Welcome to the dollop. My name is Dave Anthony. Each week I read a story from American history to my friend Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about. You don't? No, Dave. I go in nice and cold. Girl, you better believe it, girl. <laughs> God, you want to hit a dude? I'll do one bottle. <laughs> people say this is funny? Not Gary Gareth. Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You are Queen Fakie of Made Up Town. All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. A bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, Gary. No. Nicely done, my friend. No. No. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, Christine Shenton, who has been doing research. I want to thank her, too. She researched this one. Okay. I don't know if one would have happened this week, because I've been so busy with the riding the Marins, the Marin yep. episodes. Uh, that uh, Are you pulling your dick? Yeah, I pulled my dick a little. <sighs> Is that cool? No. <laughs> Should we stop and just... <laughs> you want to... Oh, I want to cry. Well... Can I just say that I really enjoy doing this with you? Not a lot. Not according to what just happened. A lot. Oh, okay. I get it. You can't even look at me now? It was just an itch. Leviticus 21. It's just skin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's just skin. Well, that's the sad thing is that it is just skin. I know, right? Leviticus 21. The Lord said to Moses, for the generations to come, none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food of his God. No man who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed, no man with a crippled foot or hand or who is a hunchback or a dwarf or who has an, any eye defect or has festering or running sores or damaged testicles because of his defect. He must not approach the altar and so desecrate my sanctuary. I am the Lord who makes them holy. And out. It sounds like a cool guy. That's that's just that's just the Lord. That's just cool. That's just, just fucking send down rules and shit. Just only the pretty. <laughs> you know me. And then the Lord said, "Only the pretty." Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are not getting into this club, Mister. Hey, this is from the Lord. Ah, uh-uh, Blandy. <laughs> Um, this just in, it's not 1970. Come on. Get out. <laughs> During the 16th century, Christians such as uh, Martin Luther and John Calvin said that the mentally retarded and other persons with disabilities were possessed by evil spirits. These men and other religious leaders of the time often subjected people with disabilities to mental and or physical pain as a means of exercising the spirits. Boy, I mean, you, you, you think that it's hard to... Have a mental disease now? Oh yeah, where uh, you just got to figure it out. Well, where people are, correctly. where people are constantly trying to like relay the information in a yeah. way that you'll understand, as opposed to you're treated like a monster for no, not like, understanding. It's called depression. Yeah, <laughs> get that out of you. <laughs> depression I need is it therapy? All right, is it depression or your right testicle? No, what? We're gonna remove it and find out. I mean, yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, sounds fun. A guy with Down syndrome, and they're doing fucking exorcisms on him. Yeah, yeah, that sounds. I bet he understood what was going on too. In the early days of the American colonies, people with disabilities who were dependent on others were usually forced to return to England. Jesus. 
Honestly, after my last trip, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, my boy was born without an arm. Back ye go. <laughs> All right, farewell. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Been fun. I'd wave, but I'm carrying a bag. <laughs> Many colonial Americans shunned people who suffered from physical and mental difficulties, but it was the less severe the affliction, the more accepted they were in the new world. Accidents, genetic diseases, and illnesses rendered many people disabled to a different degree. Those who suffered most severely from debilitating disabilities were frequently treated with segregation. Families often kept family members with disabilities at home, hidden behind closed doors, particularly those who suffered from mental illness. Early America, early Americans who did not have families to help them just went homeless. Jesus. So it's a good time. So We're you're cruising around people. and then yeah. just uh, someone, someone who's got like spina bifida just cruises by homeless. Yeah. What is spina bifida? Is that the right one? That's one of them. Is that one thing where you get disabled by? Yes, that is a bad thing. For yeah, it's your a spine. fucked up. Yeah. Your, your spine's all yeah. fucked up. Yes, it's a cur- curvy bad spine. People who could not support themselves were put up for bid at public option auction. Who? What world is this though? Where you're like, <laughs> like these are the worst people. Don't give them homes. Like I'll give you five bucks for that freak. How about we sell him? He can't see. <laughs> yes, who sells them? Well, who buys them? Well, yeah, who has a system where this is happening? <laughs> Uh, my brother down there, uh, he does slave auctions. Uh, he sells uh, Africans. Um, I sell the disabled. Oh, cool. So which one's mom's favorite? Uh, the one with the, the one eye. I, half a leg. Hey. Hoppy. Hoppy. Ow. <laughs> hey, um, Dave, do you want to buy a bag of my garbage? Sure. Okay, that's the same thing. <laughs> hey, we're terrible. No, but that is the same system they set up. It is up. the same thing. Like if they, they're like, "This is trash." Hey, buy trash. That's well, okay. So uh, it was an unusual type of auction, though. The pauper. So the pauper is the poor the, the, disabled, right? Uh, you know that because you're from England. Y- yes, the I'm pauper from poppers. was sold to the lowest bidder. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I bid twenty. I bid four. He's I bid yours. nothing. Sold. No, sold to the nothinger. <laughs> Wait, that's not an auction. The person who would agree. Wait to a re- minute. The person who would agree to provide room and board for the lowest price, and it would be paid for by the state. Okay. Okay. Pretty cool, right? Well, yeah, it's like a tax break. <laughs> it's like a tax break. Yeah. It's like a horrid tax break. Yeah. The person who won the contract got the use of the labor of the pauper for free in return for feeding, clothing, housing, and providing health care for his or her family and the pauper. One is a really nice way of putting it. This... I won this <laughs> predicament. I won. Look at what I won, honey. <laughs> hey, honey. I won a nightmare. What is that? An elephant man? Yeah. yeah he's going to live in the attic. Yeah, he's going to live in the attic while people throw rot- rotten bread at him. But we're going to charge 50 cents each for the rotten bread. I love you. This was a form of indentured servitude. Their welfare depended almost entirely upon the kindness and fairness of the bidder. Oh, God. If he was motivated only by a desire to make the maximum profit off the use of the pauper, he might 
be denied adequate food or safe and comfortable shelter or even necessary medical treatment. Like, could just be tied up to a yeah. rope outside. A crapshoot. I mean, it's really like, you know, it's like getting born, but you're a grown-up. And there was n- no, like, recourse for... There wasn't, like, oh, a yeah. social... No. There wasn't, like, social services in the 1680s. No. No, you... Hello, yeah. we're here to check on your blind person. Yes. How's your papa? <laughs> you feeding him nice? He's very bruised. Yeah, he keeps falling yeah, down. He keeps running into stairs and whatnot. He's a real wobbly popper, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the one leg, so he's falling down a lot. <laughs> he hits me. Yeah, and he hit his head up so hard, he says I hit him. Yeah, he keeps that keeps coming out of his head. <laughs> Can't trust him though. Look at him. He's a simple, feeble-minded one. Yeah. Anyway, fifty cents. Look at him. <laughs> and we use cents. You want to toss a berry in his mouth? That's a dollar. <laughs> one in his ass for two. It, wow. Hmm. What, we're not doing asberry toss. I didn't know it was that kind of place. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know it was an asberry toss. Come on, stick around. Toss a berry in his ass. Welcome to the asberry. <laughs> the welcome to the hotel asberry. <laughs> Go out back. You'll see why we got the name. <laughs> It's on a leash. Don't like it, master. <laughs> he likes it. He's just playing a game, he is. <laughs> he likes it. <laughs> he loves a berry. <laughs> we call it Dingleberry, <laughs> we do. <laughs> We've come up with that. This is the episode that sends us to hell. <laughs> well, Straight up. I mean... In the 1700s, larger cities in colonial America began erecting almshouses or poorhouses. They were funded by the counties or charitable organizations. The colony of New York had poorhouses in Albany and New York City as early as 1650. Okay. Overseers roamed the streets looking for homeless people ah. while others voluntaries <laughs> voluntarily sought shelter there. I just love that there's guys. Yeah. Hey, hey, you poor? No, I'm a millionaire doing an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> not those around. Uh, not for you. Off you go. <laughs> Going around just see. You look a bit wobbly. You handicapped. What are you doing? Oh, I sprained my ankle. Get in the van. What? Get in the gun. What the fuck's a van? <laughs> Sorry, get in the carriage. <laughs> what are we driving? There's a man here from the future. Christ, get the fuck's capacitor, Larry. We're, we're through. <laughs> <coughs> the poorhouses were frequently... The van. The van. <laughs> oh, also, I've invented a van. <laughs> <laughs> The poorhouses were frequently workhouses for criminals. So people who had disabilities were housed with the poor, the homeless, and the criminals. Oh, my God. Everyone worked in the poorhouses, sewing, weaving, and farming in return for food and shelter. 1727 saw the first house of corrections in Connecticut for, quote, all rogues, vagabonds, and idle persons going about town or country begging, or common pipers, fiddlers, runaways, Drunkards, wanton and lewd persons, railers or brothers, also persons under distraction. I'm going to go get a and, water. <laughs> and unfit to go at large, whose friends do not take care for their safe confinement. What? This is a... Cr- I just want to know why they're putting the fiddlers away. Yeah. <laughs> you, fiddler! There's just a fiddler running. It's like Logan's run out there for fiddlers. <laughs> oh, get off the roof. Now. Right, that's it. You're banned. You're going fiddler. to the house with the common pipers. <laughs> right. You're going to go live with criminals. Now, wait. No, I'm, I'm a fiddler. My fiddle's broken. Right, you are a fiddler then. <laughs> get in the house. 
It's just a lot of sounds like a reality it's show. A lot this of house. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> in 1755, an act for maintaining the poor in Virginia directed all poorhouse inmates to wear a blue, green, or red cloth badge that identified them as wards of the county. <laughs> sometimes in the shape of a P. To be worn on the right sleeve near the shoulder, quote, in an open and visible manner. I love how we used to label people. Like, like, well, literally that's, put that's label. That's fucking literally. That's insane. Hey, poor person. Yeah. Put this on your fucking yeah. arm. Yeah, it's the scarlet letter. She's a whore. Everyone must know. <laughs> this woman's a huge whore. <laughs> Anyone who neglected or refused to wear the badge could be whipped <laughs> and lose his food allowance. So dead. Oh, you don't want to be labeled poor, huh? Well, now you're not eating all day. I'm going to beat you with this cake. Put a D on him for dead. Because we're going to starve him and beat him. The poorhouses continued in America for a couple of centuries. Uh, The first of what would be known as ugly laws appeared in San Francisco, California in 1867. Is that on Queer from the Straight Guy? Yes. Ugly law. Okay. It was. Quote, no person shall, whether by look, ward, sign, or deed, practice begging in any of the streets, highways, or thoroughfares of the city and county of San Francisco, nor in any public place, on the conviction of any person for practicing mendicancy or begging, if it shall appear that such person is without means of support and infirm and physically unable to earn a livelihood, they may be committed to the poorhouse. Any person who is diseased, maimed, mutilated, or in any way deformed, so as to be unsightly or disgusting, shall not expose himself or herself to public view. On the conviction of any person for a violation of these provisions, if it shall seem proper and just, the fine and imprisonment may be omitted and such a person sent to the poorhouse. It is hereby the duty of police officers to arrest any person who shall violate any of the provisions of this section. So That's pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. Excuse me. (laughs) Where's your nose? Um, Where's your nose? I don't know. It's on the left, yeah? Yeah. It's under your eye? Your left eye? Yeah. What are you doing outside then? Fuck, going to jail. Yes, you are. (laughs) Fuck. Going straight to jail. How dare you? You can't let leave. me tell you something. Eye under the nose, under the eye, man. I'd look at you. Is it not normal? It's not normal at all. All right. You My accent's that. changed, I think. You know, we've all been calling you freak nose, man. All right. Sorry. Why do you think we're calling you that? Because you had a good nose? Thought we were friends. You're going to jail. Oh, fuck. An ugly law was then passed in New Orleans, Louisiana. In Just 18... so you know, the ugly law is now something we're saying pretty regularly and normally. <laughs> the ugly law. So, uh, it was passed in New Orleans, Louisiana in 1879. Offenses include wandering abroad and endeavoring by the exposure of wounds or deformities to obtain and gather alms. But so just, the idea is just everyone uh, dies? Look at my hole. Yeah. Look at my hole in my arm. I have some money? No, you can go to jail. Are you going to go to the doctor? Can't. Might be seen. Need money. Time to die. Portland, Oregon, 1881. If any crippled, maimed, or deformed person shall beg upon the streets or in any public place, they shall, upon conviction... Before the police court, be fined not less than twenty dollars, nor more than two hundred dollars. 
great. So if you're if you're just a cripple guy yep. and you're like, hey, I need some money, they're yeah. like, well, no, uh, you better get more money. Nope, because now you owe us one hundred fifty dollars. So go fuck yourself. Bye. Oh, welcome to the century of no empathy. <laughs> Fun, isn't it? <laughs> How you guys getting along? Not good. Chicago Chicago Tribune, eighteen eighty one. Quote. Councilman Peavy has prepared an ordinance which he will submit to the council. It objects to its object is to abolish street obstructions. The ordinance stamps him as a public benefactor. He proposes to abolish the woman who peddles pups in a basket. The fellow who peddles flowers in a wagon. The woman with two sick children who was drawn through a carding machine in a woolen mill and grinds. Molly darling incessantly on a hurdy-gurdy, a hand-cranked instrument, on a street corner. The fellows who yell, bananas, and all their nuisances, including beggars of all classes, and especially the organ grinder. The alderman wants to leave the question open as to allow a specific one-legged and one-armed soldier to permit to grind an organ. Okay, that law was very specific. (laughs) Super specific. A very crazy law. A very crazy law. It really pinpointed the people and who they were and allowed a guy with one arm and one leg to keep grinding his organ. What a crazy loophole. Yep. Okay, everybody's fucked except for Larry. Okay. (laughs) I'm fucked by God. Yeah, but you can now grind an organ, Larry. Everyone else is rounded up and put in the poorhouse. You get all the beggings. Because the guy with one arm's like, give me a sword. No, you still have the leg, though. So you're going to go to jail. I'll cut the leg off. No, but you yeah, didn't lose it. I don't so. think so. It's a shame. Say hi to the lady who <laughs> who was drawn through a carding machine in a wool <laughs> mill. Tell her, hey. Was drawn through a carding well, machine well, in a wool well, mill. So that sounds horrible. What does that even mean? And now she has two sick children, and she grinds Molly, Dar- Molly Darling on a hand-cranked instrument. But she went through the thing? She went into, like, <laughs> and she went into a machine, and now she's all fucked up. And her husband was she, like, I, I'm out of here. This is 1881. Yeah. I mean, this is not that far. No, God, ago. no. I, this it's is just... not. No, America's America's uh, horrible history is Ugh. so, so not that far in the past. It's just. In 1881. We weren't the, the first civilization. <laughs> How are we doing this? <coughs> in 1882, the Immigration Act was the first comprehensive immigration law enacted by the federal government. The act outlined categories of undesirables. Who would be barred entry to the United States. The act prohibited the entry of any convict, lunatic, idiot, or any person. I'm down with this law a little. No idiots. (laughs) That's an amazing immigration policy. That's such a a sort of subjective term. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... It, you the point is that you could reach that conclusion without like scola- oh. any scholastic. No, <laughs> you could just be like, he just so kind of seems dim. Get him out of here. Who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite football club over there in England? Uh, Manchester United. You fucking idiot! Uh, Get him out of here! No. Uh, so any person that could not take care of himself without becoming a public charge would be uh, denied entry. Okay. This law was already in the books on the books in several states and now became a federal law. The, quote, public charge doctrine served to bar arriving foreigners who could not show the financial ability to support themselves. 
At the time, the status could be assigned to any number of people, including pregnant or single women, the disabled, the sick, or the poor. And fiddlers. And fiddlers. <laughs> Foreigners denied entry were returned to their starting points at the expense of the ship owners. Okay. Ship and <laughs> bullshit. Ship owners. Thrown over in the middle of the ocean is what they were. Yeah. No one uh, brought them back. Oh, yeah, no, we'll bring you back to England. Uh, well, or shit. Jesus. Jesus. Poor shit. Also, what happened to what's Americans fucking will take? You're tired. You're hungry. You're yeah, poor. No, that's what's, yeah. yeah. None of that's true. Asterix idiots. <laughs> we'll take you tired. You're poor. You're hungry. Not your idiots. Not your gut. Your dummies go overboard. Keep your fucking idiots, Bulgaria. Uh, 1892, Massachusetts. Uh, Vessels bringing passengers to any port in this commonwealth are under the supervision of the State Board of Lunacy and Charity. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> the State Board of Lunacy. What is, is this a cartoon? It's like a cartoon. The State Board I'm of Lunacy. I'm from the State Board of Lunacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just using mud as a gavel. <laughs> We're the State Board of Lunacy. And I'm going to close the meeting by picking up this duck and hitting it with a hammer. Quack. We find you crazy. <laughs> uh, the State Board of Lunacy and Charity <laughs> who enforce. <laughs> order, order. Let's get down to serious business. We are the State Board of Lunacy. Pull my finger. <laughs> Uh, all the provisions of the law concerning the bringing of strangers and aliens by sea into this commonwealth. The landing of any such passengers is not expressly prohibited, but the insane, idiotic, deaf, and dumb, blind, deformed, or maimed persons cannot be so landed until the state is secure against their support in the sum of $1,000 for each passenger. So if you were blind, deaf, or insane, okay, I insane, I get like yeah, but if you're blind or deaf or you know you you're dumb or you're maimed, you got to come with a check. A you got to bring like bucks. a grand. You got to bring a grand to get in. Ugh. America, the Conference of Charities, eighteen eighty nine. The 16th Annual Conference of Charities was held in San Francisco in 1889. The number of states with representatives at the conference was 15. The number of representatives over was over 80. The following reports and papers were presented on charity organization. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Insane. On Public Aid for the Feeble-Minded. On Employment in Poorhouses. On the Care and Disposal of... Dependent children. I'm sorry, the last... Okay. Yes? Dis- disposal? <laughs> you said disposal, right? How will you dispose of your children? Uh, um, I was going to raise them. Mm, that's not what this lecture's about. <laughs> okay. It's about disposing of them. Oh, no, wait. You can care for them, too. But a lot of this is going to be about disposing of them. I'll burn them. So- <laughs> I guess I'll just burn him. At the conference, Dr. Hal C. Wyman read a paper on, quote, the inmates of Michigan poorhouses. He divided them into various classes, <clears throat> the old and childless, the idiotic, the shiftless, and others. <laughs> These Ew- categories are phenomenal. Okay, uh, idiots in line two. 
Who's shiftless? <laughs> hey, lazy fucks. All right, you guys just, we'll start a line there. You guys don't move. Yeah. Shift Idiots, I said a line. Why are you? You're all Ring over the around place. around the rosy. What? Derp. Evil associations, hard times, and the mortgage on the farm were ascribed as the causes of pauperism. Some older parents with thankless children find their way to the poorhouse, and in these cases, efforts were made to have the adult children assist in the support of their parents. A recent law gives the bodies of the deceased paupers to the hospitals, and this has had the effect uh. of decreasing the number of inmates, for children will do what they can to keep the bodies of their parents from the dissecting table. Jesus Christ. So, what yeah, a, back what the then, fuck? They were studying how to yeah. do medical shit. Right. So they so, were just, yeah. their bodies were hard to come by. Yeah. So they were just. So they were like, well, if you're poor, we're just going to give your fucking body away. Just, yeah, but I have a family. Nope. You were living here when you mm, died. They give the body away. You really kind of want to cut you up a lot. Doctor, I have another idiot body. <laughs> 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 well, I got another moron. In Los Angeles, the Philomath Club. Asked the, the city council to the what? put the deformed in institutions. The philomath. Okay. I don't know what that means. I don't. But I thought you said like foot and mouth. Uh, it probably sounded like that. Yeah. It's philomath. It's P H I L O M A T H. So I guess they're Got super. It. I'm guessing they're super into math. Yeah. I mean, cool. I should have looked up philomath. No. Look it up right now. Okay. It was a woman's social club. Sure. <clears throat> Uh, they were growing impatient at the city council for neglecting to keep its promise made to women to clean the downtown streets of beggars. The sight of so many maimed and deformed beggars on the city streets, the members argue, has a depressing and injurious effect on the passerby. Oh, God. What happened? So fucking... <laughs> God, it's just so... Can't eager. I go shopping? It's just so... Eager. Without seeing a man without an arm? It's just so horrible. So selfish. My eyes! <laughs> they hurt! Oh, I'm sorry. Your eyes hurt? You'll be coming to jail. I, no, no. No, you're they, blind. No, they don't. We heard you very clearly. No, they're not. They hurt because I coming saw with the us. man with the one arm. Oh, God. We didn't even see him there. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He's, he doesn't have a leg either. He's a grinder. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just drunk and has fallen. Just like the city of Chicago said, if you have one arm and one leg. You can grind. Oh, it's a Greek uh, philos, as in philosophy. Oh, so it's math. a sorority. A lover of learning. Sure. Oh, they're clearly lovers of learning. Oh, they sound really, really great. Rosemary Garland Thomas, a disability studies professor, professor, argued for the Philomath Club that the ugly laws maintained control over not only the unsightly citizens, but also controlled the etiquette that characterized civilized society. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In other words, the laws attempted to create a way for proper citizens to not have to be rude to the less fortunate. You know, now you that you put it like that, yeah. it does seem nice of the citizen. She wrote, while these laws try to limit the nuisance of beggars, a stronger concern seems to be to rid public places of people who will incite staring. Mm. It is less about the act of begging than the act of viewing, as oh. the law does not forbid giving them money, it forbids looking at them. Like anti-prostitution so, laws, ugly laws are intended to save us from ourselves. It, it honestly, like, the only mild redeeming factor of the law has now been removed, which is <laughs> the aggressive begging. Which, again, to me, seems like it's okay, because you literally just have to say no. But now we're saying, like, we're too lazy to just look up. I need a law 
because when I'm walking down the street and my head is straight forward mm-hmm. and I see a person like, say, Jerry, who got sure. caught in the rice grinder yeah. and, ha- and half his face is gone, uh-huh. I see that and it's I, don't, tough. I don't like that. Now, have you ever thought about how Jerry feels? He went through the rice machine. Well, he shouldn't have done that. Yes, but did, have you ever thought about what it's like to be him with that deformity? Yeah, I would want to be outside. He should be inside. Right. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want him to see the look in my eyes, which is, oh my God, what a giant walking piece of shit. Okay, so it is it is empathy. That's very sweet of you. You're very nice. You are welcome. Also, your breath's horrible. The San Francisco Call, March eighth, eighteen ninety five. Okay. Headline: Glaring eyesores on our streets. Ugh. Repulsive beggars that are a disgrace to this city. Many of the beggars possess considerable property. Their presence is illegal. I'm glad it's not an op-ed. Cripples and alms seekers may be kept from public places. Uh, I mean... Today's editorial. Yeah, I mean... But this, that's, not, that's not even an editorial, right? That's just how articles were written. <laughs> it's just like a crazy man shouting. The street beggars of San Francisco are a disgrace to the community. They are unlawful parasites, and they are frequently lawless. They have become an eyesore to the inhabitants, and they are shocking sights to visitors. The manner in which the blind and the maimed and the pretended cripples beg has reached such a pitch that a person cannot hardly pass a street corner without suddenly coming upon a sight not only revolting to delicate women, but sickening to strong men. The blind have their stationary location, but the cripples... Cripples hobble about, getting in the way of persons so as to purposefully block their path. Uh If refused money, a curse and frequently blows with crutches follow. (laughs) I mean... It's like a war out there. Yeah. It's like a war on the streets. Yeah, it's real tough. Real tough to be a pedestrian. That the sight of a hideously blinded woman glaring up at a young lady would cause the latter to faint sounds like a tale of the imagination. But such an occurrence took place recently at the foot of the stairs leading to a photography gallery on Post Street. Women are frequently seriously startled by the sudden appearance of a deformed man, and men are greatly harassed by the great army of cripples and wrecks who accost, follow, and persist in harassing. This state of affairs would not exist exist if the laws were enforced the laws plan on the subject and if the police officers were only instructed to do their duty the streets would be cleared of its hideous sights and its vicious paupers within 24 hours even those deserving of charity would be far better off in a properly conducted poorhouse than on the street well cool <laughs> real cool well this really. is when you realize that the people who are in our society now, the Rush Limbaugh's, yeah, they, it's yeah, it's the exact same dude. Yeah, it's, it's not the, if, it's when. Yeah, it's yeah. the exact same person. Well, and totally. And the idea, like how, how you are able to talk about what it's like to look at a blind person and see your side of that. Oh no. How you look at a blind person and go, I feel bad. That person should be in jail. And they can't, you're complaining about sight, a thing that this person doesn't, doesn't have. have. Yeah. <laughs> we're, okay. we're in agreement they should be put in jail. Yeah, dude, for sure. Okay, so yeah. I thought, I didn't know what you were yeah, saying. Yeah, behind bars, they can't see. 
The San Francisco Ugly and Poor Law was very plain. The law was made for the purpose of keeping beggars off the street, and the poorhouse was created for the purpose of giving the unfortunates a home. Citizens were tacked for the support of the poor, but many beggars were sent to jail or the poorhouse for a few days or weeks and then allowed to return to the street again. Okay. So, great. That doesn't make any sense. No. Nobody wins. Why would you allow someone who was blind to not be locked up forever? Yeah. Yeah. The newspapers pushed the story that the many unfortunates had money saved up, and many of those who were in need... <laughs> They're great investors. <coughs> yeah, the man who's licking the wall. He's really shrewd on the market. Clearly, they have property. Yeah, look at him. Why he's... would he be laying in his own filth? <laughs> look, I understand he's eating his friend's pocket, but I'm telling you, this guy gets it. He's very. He's from a very wealthy background. I understand he's laying down because he doesn't have feet, but he's clearly a hedge fund manager. Look, I understand the man whose brain's leaking out of his head and urinating in his own mouth looks like he's in a bad situation. He's got a house. He's from gold. He's from gold. He's from gold, this guy. Straight from gold. Yeah. The newspapers pushed the story that the unfortunates have money saved up, and many of those who were in need were in that condition because of their own vices. They were confirmed drunkards who did everything they could to keep out of the poorhouse. Dismissed was the premise that the blind, crippled, and infirm would rather be selling pencils because it did not make them the objects of charity. Okay, yeah. Right. So, they, so yeah. They, the blind were like, can I just sell pencils? Yeah. No. Can I sell pencils? No. Then, and, no, no, I have to look at you. No. Okay, here's the catch on that. Yeah. Uh, I got to look at you. <laughs> so, so it's, not, it's a problem. Not really seeing it. Yeah. Not really seeing it. Yep. Uh, by the way, you're probably pretty empathetic with the idea that we're not really seeing it. I wish you could see you. I can't. Because it is so upsetting. If you, I know you don't have eyes, but I wish I could give you sight for one minute so you could see what you look like. Well, then you can see what you look like. But if we could take a picture of you, Fuck give you sight, you. look at you. Okay. See, Boy, that's the I'm cursing. losing myself now. Hey, that's where'd the, she go? That's the cursing I was talking about. So yeah. you're off to the... <laughs> no! The truth, according to those publishing their removal, was that the crippled preferred life on the streets and the chance to have a glass of beer and whiskey whenever they wanted it instead of being confined to a regular routine at a large charitable institution. And to that I say, of course. Yeah. I would rather be out where I can have a beer instead of locked up in a house. With criminals. With criminals. Yeah. It was the desire to do as they please, which made them all want to beg for a living. If the laws weren't enforced, the streets were littered with the hideously blind, the shockingly deformed, and the sickeningly infirmed. The police were often stopped from doing their duty by the sympathies of people. If a policeman arrested a beggar, the crowd would often abuse the officer for imposing upon a poor unfortunate, and the policeman would then let the beggar go. Okay. So there's normal people out on the streets. Yeah, like that. Who were like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? Fuck and you. then there's a bunch of a- rich <laughs> and then there's a bunch of rich assholes passing these laws. Yeah. My woman was offended. It sounds like it sounds like now, except all we're missing is the actual fight back. Quote the San Francisco Call newspaper. The majority of beggars are cripples. And curiously enough, these are given more money than the blind, though the loss of sight is considered the greater misfortune. Still, the cripple can look appealingly at a passerby, and the blind man is virtually also dumb and deaf. Most of the cripples have met with the loss of limbs through their own viciousness. The majority, when possessed of a sound body, were tramps who have fallen while drunk from the brake beams on trains 
and escape with their lives by the loss of their limbs. Nearly all of their money goes for drink, and many are addicted to drinking Chinatown gin. A drink which puts a man into a semi-unconscious sleep for a couple of hours. There we go. That sounds good, right? It sounds all right. Police officer Peter Richter, whose beat is on Kearney Street, became known for arresting the poor and disabled and unattractive. Now, is Kearney Street? Kearney. Okay. Uh, he made it a small crusade of his own. So Peter Richter is like, I'm going to take care of business. Yeah. Andy Richter's great, great grandfather. Really? No. Okay. <laughs> Keep moving. Thanks for that. Uh, yep. <laughs> the almost blind organ grinder with a head and a face of a dried skull who used to sit on corners along Kearney Street was carted away. Do you want me to read that again? Yeah. The almost blind organ grinder. Okay. You got yeah. that one? Yeah. With a head and face of a dried skull. Okay. <laughs> Are you still with me? No. Because now we're in the movie Hellraiser. What does that even mean? Is he Ghost Rider? <laughs> Look, it's just a condition that some people have. What, what skulletitis? You've never heard of dried skull? What is this dried skull? <laughs> what is it, jerky head? Yes. Technically, it's called jerky head. Okay, I know about jerky head. You got that little packet that comes with their head. You're not supposed to eat it. That's right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, oh shit. This, I, I, this is the street I would be taking to work. Are you fucking kidding me? Have you seen the guy with the tried head? Dude. With the organ grinder? Listen, take oh Kearney. Take Everyone's Kearney. blind, lost Holy a limb, shit. and this organ grinder is from hell. You don't have to pay to go to a freak show. No. Just walk down Kearney, yeah, man. just walk down Kearney. Cops are beating the shit out of blind people. The drunken blind Indian Andrew with the sickening red eyeballs who played a harmonica and ran wildly through the streets was put in the poorhouse. Almost the craziest part there is that it's a Native American named Andrew. <laughs> Where's your authenticity? I think he probably picked that one up <laughs> so he didn't have to tell people his real name. Smoka Wahija. <laughs> <laughs> runs from friend. Gr runs, runs from, from friend grinder. Runs from everybody. Richter took care of two well-known beggars. One of the one of the boys was legless. The other stood behind him and played an accordion. Oh well, that's a disability in its own right. <laughs> so, so the one guy just sits there. Yeah. Like, uh, like a lump. Yeah. And the other guy plays the accordion. Yeah, they're both going to like, jail. Do you think he like bobbed around? Yeah, yeah of course. So it was like, a little, it was like a little legless dance. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. He was like, dude, look, I can't do it without you. After, he's the drummer. He's the drummer. After they got their, uh, the money begging, they would head for the dives on Mission Street and consort with the lowest whites and Negroes. <laughs> that's, I'd be consorting with them, too. Yeah. Three of San Francisco's... Uh, Oh, I can't read this. Oh, this is one of those autocorrect things. Oh. Uh, so three of San Francisco's worse were also dealt with by Officer Richter. I bet that's what it said. Okay. They were John uh, Kinlock, Joseph Cayley, and Dick Bannister. It's a good name. Uh, Dick <clears throat> Bannister yeah. is a strong name. Uh, he's got to be a PI. Yeah. Right? 
I picture that's what a porn director has on his way up the stairs. Dick Bannister. Yeah. You're dealing with Dick Bannister, ladies. Zip, flop. If You're you... about to be banished to the poorhouse. Oh. Bannister was banished. Uh, Dick banished? He was an armless man who played a hand organ. He wore. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I do not mean to cut you off, David. But um, yes, there's probably a better occupation for this man than an hand organist. So. Uh, we're talking about a guy who never gave up. He's a professional his... applauser. He... <laughs> he was an armless man who played a hand organ. He wore leather bands on the stumps of his arms and connected the handle of the organ with the stump to his right arm. Bannister was known as a loathsome drunkard and was compelled to leave the city by the officer. Well, that's not really compulsion. <clears throat> Joseph Cayley was a blind Mexican boy who robbed a store at midnight and was caught by accident. Okay, I, I, I don't mean to jump in the middle again, uh-huh. but how is a blind man robbing? I know. Th- switch jobs. They were magical back then. <laughs> what did they do? They had magical powers. <laughs> Give me all your money. I'm over here. Also, you're in the garden. Okay. Give me all your money. Yeah, he's robbing a house plant. He's right over there. Okay. Okay, now he's robbing a horse. (laughs) Okay, now he fell over and he can't get up. He can't find his gun. Okay, he's robbing the gutter. Okay, he's actually robbing his own gun right now. I don't even know what he's doing. He's fighting his gun. I think he thinks there's a man behind it. He's he's with his friend who's got no arms and plays instruments. The most vicious beggar was known to the police of San Francisco as John Kinlock. He only had one leg and one arm. But the stump of his right leg, cut off at the knee, was a dangerous weapon. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. He's a stump warrior? <laughs> this guy should have been in UFC. Yeah. Right? A stump. With uh, a stump... Kinlock, while standing on crutches, would strike men vicious blows in the abdomen, almost knocking them senseless. He's like a kangaroo. (laughs) Kinlock's habit was to walk the streets, get in the way of men and women, and stay there as long as possible. He was pretty much drunk all the time. When refused money on the street, he would hit men with the stump of his leg or his crutch, and to women who passed him, he would accost with the most vulgar language. Well, okay, this guy... I like him. This guy sounds like a bit of a troublemaker. Yeah. When you call what he's doing a habit... Eh. It's his thing. Yeah. It's called they an, know he's occup- it's called an occupation. He's addicted to it. Police never succeeded in catching Kinlock until one night in 1893. Kinlock and another man got a drunk man who, uh, who had money on him to leave a Barbary Coast saloon and go with them to Gold Street, which was a little alley. Well, that guy is looking to get robbed. Uh, oh, hey, uh, you want to go with me and this one-armed, one-legged guy down to the alley? Well, I just met you, and I'm not... It's a good alley. ...used to doing something like this, but... It's a nice alley. You guys seem cool, and this alley sounds pretty cool, <laughs> pretty so... Great. Can you lead him? He doesn't have any eyes. Uh, yeah, for sure. Let okay. me just put Let's my down to the alley. traveler's checks inside of this suit pocket. You put them right in there? Yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slice your tongue off first. I'm sorry, the last part again? Slice your tongue off. <laughs> as soon as they were in the dark spot of the alley, Kinlock hit the victim over the head with his crutch and knocked him to the ground. He then beat the man senseless with his crutch and left him for dead, taking all the money. 
Kinlock was convicted and sentenced to five years in prison. The victim never fully recovered. He was an employee at the Presidio and had made money as a lender. After the beating and robbery, the man was never able to work again, and his mind was so deranged that he became very weak mentally and physically. So, he off to the poorhouse for Motherfucker! <laughs> Is that real? No. It's oh, I was like... That's just what I assume. I would assume well, that, why too. wouldn't he go to the poorhouse? Yeah, but you will be, hopefully because he stayed behind closed fucking doors. I hope The last thing you want to do doors. is run into the guy who fucking stump-fucked you. <laughs> When yeah, but just, now they're now they're one and the same. Yeah, I they're mean, the same but still, like, hey, cool! I I killed the new sidekick. He's kind of they're he's kind of like a vampire. He's turning other people into <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yes. Except there's a lot of upside to being a vampire. It seems I think right. There's a lot of upside to being disabled in San Francisco in the 1880s. I think you're way off base. <laughs> <laughs> Another famous beggar in San Francisco is Henry J. Powell. Better known as the paralyzed old xylophone player. I'll see you, Dave. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what the fuck? What is his, uh, and I'm air quoting, occupation whose again? Whose stand was at the corner of Sutter and Kearney Streets for years. What, wait, what was his title? He was an English. The paralyzed old xylophone player. Okay. You're not looking at this right. A lot of these people are overcoming the most amazing obstacles it just to seemed, do what they love. It seems like if they were to put all of the options for what they could use their strengths for in a pile, they wouldn't be doing. They would. The last thing they'd be doing is what they're choosing to doing. All I of them. I don't know. I don't know. I'll rob banks. All right, blind guy. What about you, guy with no arms? I'll play the hand organ. <laughs> awesome. Hey, no like- tongue guy. I'll taste test. Perfect. <laughs> Guy who can't hear? I'll be a music critic. What? Powell was an Englishman who was 72 years old. For many years, the white-haired man was was walked by, was passed by thousands on the street. Looking upon him was described as almost sickening. Each day he would struggle from his room to his place on Kearney Street. He could hardly drag his distorted legs along the ground. One foot was moved after the other foot very slowly while the face of the old man would peer looking for money from people passing by by 1995 by 1895 no longer did he play the xylophone because his hands were too badly afflicted the san francisco call described him his daily actions are generally the same after painfully dragging himself sorry after painfully dragging himself to his stand, he sits down, rubs his aching hands with liniment, and then, overcome with that peculiar stupor of old age which foretells death, he falls asleep. The policemen on Kearney Street have to raise him up and awaken him frequently, and they expect to pick up a corpse someday. Though possessed of wealth, Powell has no enjoyment of it. Having been swindled all his life, he is fearful for that which he has left. And though he is still rich enough to secure comfortable quarters, he lives in a dingy, dingy hole, eats but a mouthful, and drags himself out to gain a few dimes. He has a large number of number of people as regular contributors. Some give him ten cents a day, others twenty-five or fifty cents a week. So they're, they're like subscribers. Yeah. In the past, a large number of persons used to give him one dollar every Monday morning. Pal has about two thousand dollars in the bank. 
That's okay. Neither Powell nor his, quote, banker, Charles S. Fetchheimer of the Plaza Store, 706 Kearney. Now, that's very direct. Yeah. That's a very, this is where this guy lives. Yeah. Here's the address. Here's the gentleman that I want you to go fuck with. Uh, Fetchheimer will tell just what Powell has, but they state that it is about that sum. Mr. Fetchheimer has taken care of the old man's money for 10 years and is now trying to make arrangements to get him from his miserable surroundings to a place of quiet and comfort. Okay. After the newspaper reported this, Mr. Fetchheimer came forward the next day to explain that Powell uh, was trying... He was trying to get Powell to get a bank account and make interest on his money. The amount of the money that he actually had was $590. Okay. The old man ought to be in a home, said Mr. Fetchheimer. He has no right to be on the streets, or I have tried for a long time to obtain his permission to get him into an institution. He is certainly an eyesore to the public thoroughfares. So I love how the guy that's taking care of him is also like, he's really ugly. Yeah. No, no friends. No friends. No friends. No friends. The one guy who's in your side is like, ugh. Look, I hear you. He's a fucking disgusting monster. Holy shit. Get some legs. (laughs) By the way, he's not as rich as you think. (laughs) I mean, he's got some money, but Christ, look at the thing. (laughs) He's my buddy, though. Anyway, we go way back. I'm going to be sick. You should see him play with the xylophone. I'm going to be sick on a xylophone. Throw it up on your xylophones. Oh, God. Andrew Hassel was another well-known beggar. He was Norwegian and described as a very ugly-looking beggar. I mean, that is really saying something if it, they're just then, describing you as straight up ugly. This is this was we wouldn't have lasted ten minutes back then. We would have we would be transported in time, and then we would just be vomiting, and then we'd fall over and cry. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were going to say we'd be on Kearney Street. I was like, Dave, <laughs> you're not bringing me with you on this voyage, my man. Hassel, his feet had been frozen off in Alaska. He walked around on his knees carrying a number of trinkets in a basket. (laughs) Even though he was in such a state, he managed to provide for himself and a woman known as Nellie Mullins. They were nearly always drunk and continually fighting. They lived in a room with the notorious Jesse Street Lodging House. It was considered to be one of the vilest of all classless consorts, Negroes and whites together. They have a problem with black people and white people being together in, yeah, in, uh, in because, establishments. Because it's blacks and lowest whites. Lowest whites. Yeah. Right? It's not just no. it's not just white people. They may as well call them like black whites. <laughs> there's blacks and then there's black whites. Uh, oh. And everybody everybody's just shit faced. Oh, they're fucking drunk. I would be too if my if my if I had like one arm, I'd be like, I'm gonna get plowed today. What are you gonna do tomorrow? I'm gonna get plowed tomorrow. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Well, I'm gonna get drunk so I don't think about when I had feet before I went to Alaska. Oh my god, why didn't I wear shoes? Ah, I'm Norwegian, I should have known. More whiskey. I'm thinking about shoes again. <laughs> I keep kicking myself, ironically. One of the most uh no. Okay. A day after the San Francisco call wrote up their story on the beggars. Mayor Sutro responded. Okay. March 9th, 1895. They are a nuisance and constant Jesus. violation of the law. I keep expecting one person to be like giving a speech on their behalf. And it's just everybody's, it's just an agreement. I say by all fair means they should be suppressed. 
These cripples and blind beggars are unfortunates to be sure, but that is no reason why other people, particularly those of a sense of nature, should be made wretched by these sights at all the principal street corners. If this city is a civilized community, provision should be made for these unfortunates so that they can be taken out of sight and cared for. It's just so great to say that when you're making the point that we're a civilized society. <laughs> Look! <laughs> We're all really civilized people, so can we get the ugly ones the fuck out of here? Look, we're all grown-ups here. Right. Now, let's throw all the morons over the side of the boat. Okay. All right. Idiot's over. <laughs> and uh, hold on. I thought I saw when we threw someone over that's... Is someone here missing a pinky? Uh, well, yes, you, but it, it's genetic. That, I, yes. Over the side, boys. No, my name is my play. Over the side. <laughs> If this city is a civilized community, provisions should be made for these unfortunates so that they can be taken out of sight and cared for. At the present time, I don't see what can be done with them. The poorhouse is full, and besides, most of the street beggars don't want to go there. Now, as to the poorhouse, that needs a thorough overhauling. There are many inside who ought to be out, and there are many out who ought to be in. We could have room for the blind, crippled, and the deformed creatures who are now on the streets... The city ought to make provisions for all the disabled and incurable persons who have no means of support. Okay, so... So the, the fucked up people are out, the okay people are in. So yeah, basically it's just not working. Uh, we've got it fucked up. The whole thing's fucked up. Yeah. Sergeant Whitman, when asked why the supervisor's orders were not enforced and the beggars arrested, said... The principal reason is that the officers have always got the worst of it. Arrests have been made from time to time, but conviction could not be secured. Owners of property in front of which these beggars sit came to the police course and begged that the defendants be let go and left undisturbed. Love it. Okay, so those are the people who like them, the people who see them every day. Yeah. So the guy who owns the building is yeah. like, well, that's... Leave him. That guy's a person. Yeah. That's Jeff. I I hated it at first, but now I talk to him and I know him as a human being. Or... And so he shouldn't be imprisoned it, or thrown into a. But you could also just have nice people who are just like, yeah, beg here. I'm yeah, not gonna. You're, this you're, is you're, uh, Be on my fucking property. Clearly, there were a lot of people giving them money, so there yeah. were a lot of people like, yeah, no, these guys have had a rough fucking go. Yeah, that it, it is. I do find it irritating now when people get really irritated. Like, there, there are. I mean, it's fucked up, but there are there are crazy homeless people. But the idea that someone is at a traffic light fucking begging, like. Nobody wants to be begging. Nobody wants to be begging. And how much does it impede on your life to just look straight? Yeah. Just don't look if it really is like that maddening to you. Well, if a if a guy comes up to me with a sign saying I need money, I usually honk him hard and just start screaming, "No, you monster!" No. Yeah, yeah, of course. I throw. Yeah, I throw. I mean, I normally have a couple milkshakes in the car just to throw yeah, it. Yeah, right. Old milkshakes. Old stale milkshakes. Uh, so, uh, so the result of these people coming and, and getting into court and saying, no, they're fine. Yeah. Let them be was that cases are dismissed. Then, and then the cop goes on to say the newspapers used to jump on us too and give us the hail Columbia for arresting poor crippled beggars. I don't know what hail Columbia hail is. Must be a real Bronx cheer. <laughs> of course, this made the officers tired and worried them of all desire to make further arrests and thereby get more abuse. Suppose, for instance, that an officer goes and arrests Henry J. Powell, the paralytic who does business by begging on Kearney Street. There would be no conviction because a score of people would come to court 
and intercede for him. They would raise the liveliest kind of row, and Powell would be discharged by the court or a jury and sent begging again. So, okay, there's your people. Yeah. There people, are people used to try to make a difference. Right. They used yeah. to say, no, don't put that person in no. jail for not having legs. We'll show up and say no, and you'll listen, and it'll be a real system. And then we'll system. put him back out on the street yeah. where he belongs. Yeah. Police Captain Douglas. It would be a good and pleasant thing for San Francisco to have no more crippled and deformed mendicants on the street or beggars of any kind for that matter. But it's no easy matter. The poorhouse was invariably suggested. But as stated by the mayor, that institution is full from overcrowding. San Francisco call January 12th, 1896. There is every likelihood of a lively time in the Board of Supervisors tomorrow if the Health and Police Commission decides to report in favor of locating the Pest House, a home for those suffering from contagious diseases. (laughs) Ugh, Jesus Christ. What? It's just... Are you you reacting to the fact that they put people who were suffering from contagious diseases into something called the Pest House? (laughs) There's just, there's just a lot to take. I'm a cold. Uh, no, you're a pest. Off to the pest house for you. There you go. Spray him down, Larry. Spray him with our weird sauce. Everything's uh, a house too. That's just like they're just all they were doing is like this house is just for the crazies. Right. The pest house, the insane the pest house, house, the moon house, the blind house. Off to you for the footless house. Yeah. Why are there steps on the footless house? (laughs) Oh my god, it's a walk up. It's a five floor walk up. Did anybody think about this? This Should I I don't know. This should be the crazy house. They call it a crawl up around here. Oh god, that's all we. Oh, get out of my sight. (laughs) The pest house, a home for those suffering from contagious diseases, was on the poorhouse tract of land. Oh, cool. That's where they wanted to. Is that where they wanted to move? That's where they wanted to move, locate the pest house. They wanted to put the pest house on, on the, the poor house. With the poor house. So they wanted the poor house and the pest house together. Cool. But Mayor Sutro owns a great deal of property near the poor house and fought uh, the plan strenuously. Yeah, because of his moral convictions. I don't want the, I don't want the fucking gross, Yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't want my property value being brought down by people afraid of crazies and blinds. <laughs> blinds. <laughs> Would you like a description of the Christmas of the Christmas at the poorhouse? Oh, oh, Dave. 700 men, women, and children, <laughs> inmates of the poorhouse of the city, retreated to a Christmas dinner yesterday. Oh, boy. The bell was rung, and the inmates, some paralyzed, some lame, some blind, some deaf, and others equally as unfortunate, filed in and took their seats at the tables. Uh, but first of all, say the paralyzed guy probably did not file in. <laughs> no. His at filing the, days are over. At the hospital... There was a man who had no legs who hobbled around on his hands in a lively manner. She be Christmas. He did several clever acrobatic feats for the visitors and said he enjoyed the life at the house greatly. Okay. There's no way in hell that guy was not beaten and told to go out and jump around. I I don't. There's no way. I just. I love it here, sir. I just. I really. Somersault. 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 I really want it to be earnest so bad. <laughs> I want him to mean it. 
He's just so fired up about having no legs and being in the... Yippee, it's Christmas. Can you believe it's Christmas? Come on, everybody. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, yeah. So it flips over the table. Yay, all right. Yippee, I ain't got all no legs. Right. Yay. Another poor fellow was known as the monkey boy. <sighs> Sweet God, I don't even know why. Why? His His head was as small as a monkey's. Oh, my God. (laughs) I just... (laughs) And he respectfully invited the visitors by means of gestures to feel it. Hey, you want to be with... I think he's saying something, honey. I think he wants you to touch his little monkey head. What oh, Christmas this year is great. I'll tell you what. I didn't get anything I asked for, and yet I got everything I wanted. Uh-huh. Oh, look at that no-legged acrobat and monkey boy. <laughs> Holy shit, the no-legged guy is letting the monkey boy ride him. Boy, I swear to God, I think a Stargate's going to open. The monkey boy had once traveled in a circus and had been at the poorhouse for 13 years. <sighs> Quite a run. He used to have a job. Yeah, well, defined job. He used to get <laughs> beaten by people for having a tiny head. There were many curious sights in the hospital, specimens of humanity that a person would hate to dream of and that can only be realized when seen. Though the wards, <clears throat> through the wards, the visitors followed the superintendent. The beds were neatly made, the rooms were swept clean, and the air was sweet and pure. The institution seemed to be more of a home than a public hospital. The nurses' rooms were also neat and clean, and the nurses themselves were kind and gentle. And then we left, and we could hear the screams. Yeah, exactly. And then as we well, left. Well, that sounds like an upset monkey. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope Monkey Boy doesn't hear that. <laughs> It'd probably upset him hearing a monkey. Wait a minute. Wait a goddamn hold minute. Hold on. Hold right on. Hold on a minute. <clears throat> San Francisco call, June 13th, 1896. Dr. Conlon of the poorhouse made a visit to the mayor's office and appealed that the city stop sending the poor to the institution until the crowded condition was relieved. The house was over capacity and any more would seriously cramp the institution. But the mayor said that the law... <clears throat> The law deserving the poor who had no other place to go must be sent to the poorhouse. And he would be compelled to go on issuing permits for people to reside there. He said the good doctor should ask the supervisors for more bets. So there's no more. Supervisors were cut off money. There were just poor people everywhere. And they're like, I gotta, I can't leave them outside. It's illegal. Yeah. So I'm gonna cram them all in the house. Perfect. Stack them. Though if you're inflicted with several problems, uh, sometimes finding a place to stay was difficult. Mrs. Weaver, the matron of the poorhouse, tried to get an admission to the home for the feeble-minded Sarah Lulz. Her last name is spelled L-U-L-Z. Lulz. Just for those 4chan listeners. Lulz. Sarah was blind, mute, and mostly deaf. Cool. Properly, she belonged here, said Miss Weaver, but because she is blind, they say she will not, they will not receive her. I have tried to have her transferred to the Asylum for the Blind, but they will not admit her there because they say she's feeble-minded. 
And this poorhouse is not the place for her. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Any way you can see again, Han? Uh, look, we'd take her here, but she's too stupid to be blind. Uh, well, the blind, uh, th- that's what they said at the stupid house. Right. She can't see. Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the problem is, I mean, there's a little bit of a, a, a gray area here because she's too stupid to come to the blind house. And she's too blind to go to, to the, the stupid, stupid house. house. Yeah. And then she can't hear very well, so she can't go. They don't Actually, want, they the, don't the want crazy her, thing is hearing. she's hearing all this. She's heard all the dialogues we've had since I'm trying to find her a home. Okay, so we're pretending like she can't hear. Right. What's the she's difference? pretending she like can't she can't say hear. Right, okay. Right. So she's also a pretender, so we can't have her in the poorhouse. Okay. All right, I'm going to go throw her over a ship side. Okay. Thanks. Seems like a nice girl, though. Yeah, you're a great man. The blind had their own specific struggles during this time of awesome American treatment. In the decades following the Civil War, educational reformers waged a campaign to eliminate manualism, the use of sign language in the classroom, and replace it with oralism, the use of lip reading and speech. Students were punished. The convenient one. (laughs) Students were punished if they were caught signing. What? This law was known as, hey, you telling secrets? Yeah, yeah, it's called the passing the note law. <laughs> you can't go for a fucking long jog in this time and you can't do sign language. Orlis charged that the use of sign language encouraged deaf people to socialize principally with other deaf people. And God forbid they God, plot. How dare they the way they are treated so well. Yeah. <laughs> and to avoid the hard work of learning to communicate in spoken English. They thought that sign language marked deaf people as different from hearing people. It set them apart, discouraged assimilation, and invited discrimination. They worried also that it encouraged deaf people to marry one another and that this was causing a significant increase in the prevalence oh God, of deafness. People are so deafness. fucking stupid. Unbe-fucking-leavable. I mean, I know there's no way for them to know, really, that, but it still is just... What a what a what a conclusion to just casually jump to. Well, it's na- it's natural. Uh, you know, people breed. Yeah, the two people that can't hear get together. You think they're gonna have a baby that can't hear? <laughs> yeah, they might. Uh, uh, no, I don't. No, no. I said two people that can't hear have a baby. Uh huh. Yeah? So what do you think the baby's like? Normal. Right, can't hear. I'll see you. Okay. I, you know who can't hear? Who? What's that? I'll see you. Okay. <laughs> in, 19, in 1884, Alexander Graham Bell published a paper called Upon the Formation of a Deaf Variety of the Human Race, in which he warned of a great calamity facing the nation. Deaf people were forming clubs, socializing with one another, and consequently marrying other deaf people. Shocking that the guy who's in charge of the phone. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The guy who's like, I'm not going to make as much money if there's a lot of deaf people. Yeah. yeah. The creation of a deaf race that yearly would grow larger. By the way, little did they know that would eventually be a hip-hop label. (laughs) (laughs) The creation of a deaf race that yearly would grow larger and more insular was underway. He criticized the immigration into the United States of, quote, undesirable ethnic elements calling for legislation to prevent their entry in order to encourage, quote, the evolution of a higher and nobler type of man in America. Oh, my God. So Alexander Graham Bell was cool. Well, yeah, throw him in the pile of assholes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anthropologist Mary Douglas explained that disgust is a reaction that serves the role of boundary maintenance. Physical phenomena are disgusting to many of us because they threaten the boundaries between human being and animal. Other phenomena are disgusting because they threaten social boundaries and institutional lines. So that makes sense. People Finally, get scared yes, of it. At least it's not somebody being like, I have an idea. Let's burn them. <laughs> the marginalization of people with disabilities continued until World War I when veterans with disabilities expected that the U.S. government provide rehabilitation in exchange for their service to the nation. Yes. In the 1930s, the United States saw the introduction of many new advancements in technology as well as in governing government assistance contributing to the self-reliance and self-sufficiency of people with disabilities. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, mm-hmm. the first president with a disability who hid it, yeah. was a great advocate for the rehabilitation of people with disabilities, but still operated on the notion that a disability was an abnormal, shameful condition and should be medically cured or fixed. <clears throat> Easy to say. Yeah. In the 1940s and 1950s, disabled World War II veterans placed increasing pressure on the government to provide them with rehabilitation and vocational training. World War II veterans made disability issues more visible to a country of thankful citizens who were concerned for the long-term welfare of young men who had sacrificed their lives. Okay. Despite these initial advancements made toward independence and self-reliance, people with disabilities did not have access to public transportation, telephones, bathrooms, and stores. Jesus Christ. So they would just stores? Piss, piss themselves. Yeah, they couldn't get into stores. If they were like in a wheelchair, the, the doors wouldn't be wide enough. Clang, clang, clang. Goes the trolley. <clears throat> Office buildings and work sites with stairs offered no entry for people with disabilities who sought employment, and employer attitudes created even worse barriers. Otherwise talented and eligible people with disabilities were locked out of opportunities for meaningful work. By the 1960s, the civil rights movement began to take shape, and disability advocates saw the opportunity to join forces alongside other minority groups and demand equality. Disability rights activists mobilized on the local level, demanding demanding national initiatives to address the physical and social barriers facing the disability community. Disability activists in the 1970s invented the term ugly laws. Even if none of these laws includes the, actually includes the words ugly in its title or anywhere in its text, by the time the term ugly law was invented, many of them had been repealed and those still on the books were seldom enforced. Omaha repealed their ugly law in 1967. <laughs> Columbus withdrew theirs in 1972 and Chicago was the last in 1974. What the fuck? The last in 1974 to get rid of the ugly Ugly laws. laws. In the 1970s, disability rights activists lobbied Congress and marched on Washington to include civil rights language for people with disabilities into the 1972 Rehabilitation Act. In 1973, the Rehabilitation Act was passed, and for the first time in history, civil rights of people with disabilities were protected by the law. From the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990, individuals with disabilities are a discrete and insular minority who have been faced with restrictions and limitations, subjected to a history of purposeful, unequal treatment, and relegated to a position of political powerlessness in our society based on characteristics that are beyond the control of such individuals and resulting from stereotypic assumptions not truly indicative of the individual ability of such individuals to participate in and contribute to society. 
So it has a good ending. It, it it's just so crazy. I I just can't even believe how recent all that shit is. Like yeah, we, I can't believe that in 1990 they were like, "Hey, we, yeah, we're fucking animals." It's crazy. Like America is just grotesque. Uh, yeah, monsters. Seriously, like, yeah. I mean, I'm, but I'm sure this is like this in every country. And honestly, there are probably still countries where people are treated horribly. Yes, and but so, a lot where it's better. I mean, mental health is still something where nobody treats it properly, really. I mean, like, but I mean, it's get it's getting there. It's it, it's a I, lot better than it was. And but they still they, <clears throat> like so, there, there are a ton. There still is a huge gray area of like solutionless, where like they just are like. Have at it. Go have at the world. <laughs> have, at have at it. Sorry. We just got nothing for you. Ah, uh, we tried. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's people that have to take pills that just make them, like, kind of zombie-ish. But then they, a lot of times those people, if they have a mental disability or a mental, like, incapacity, will not take the pills yeah, well, that's because a, they think they're okay or something. Or and they then they're like, feel, they don't want to feel, you yeah. know, bi- yeah, it's a total But a lot nightmare. of times, like, you'll see, you'll see, like, a homeless person... And I mean, I'll I'll be like, you know, that was a fucking baby at some yeah, point. Like that was a yeah. baby, somebody's baby kid. at some. Like at one point, or you watch like a like a show like Intervention, you'll be like, you know, uh, you yeah. see pictures of this fucking heroin junkie at like thirty five as a two year old with clay. Yeah, and you're just like, well, that's uh, something changed that one didn't somewhere. Work out. Well, when you yeah. hit your twenties, is when that happens a lot. I know uh, the mental issues. I'm still holding out for my thirties. <laughs> It'll come, it'll come around for you. You promise? I see you being like a monkey monkey boy. Stop. You mean that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. You think I could be a monkey I boy? I think you could be a monkey boy. He wants you to touch his head. Poor monkey Well, I think we can dedicate this one to monkey boy. Well, we've gone through all of the people today. All of the forms. Oh, the the names and the... This is this is like an all-star team breakdown is what you gave me today. <laughs> By the way, that was just San Francisco. We didn't even yeah, get to like New York. Wait, we don't need New York. No need for New York. Uh, well, how do you feel after that one? Um, You know, just I think what's good is it's almost like after you've played guitar for a little while, you don't feel the frets anymore. <laughs> so it's all it's getting it's getting easier. I had no idea what they went through, people with disabilities. Yeah. I never knew it was that bad. Until I read no. this, I was like, holy fuck. This yeah. is horrifying. Yeah, it is. Uh, the 70s is when we passed that shit. But also, like, even you know, back in like the day when it was all happening, I mean, it, I, I just, like, you just, just have to be mentally incapacitated and feel like you have nobody. Yeah, it's nobody. just they didn't have anybody. Awful. They were you were just cast out. Yeah, how many families just went? Oh, this one's fucked yeah. up, and just shh, out the door. Yeah, good times. Ugh. It's like they. All right, all right. Well, there you go. So, uh, cool. You just have, just have a really good night's sleep. Yeah, <laughs> sleep great in your good night, duvet, your comfy bed. <laughs> Be thankful that you're not well, yeah, somebody yeah. who was born with a. Smaller than normal head. Hey, well, how about this? How about tonight you try to brush your uh, teeth with your feet? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. All right. <laughs> oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, 
to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it let's see you there hey there people listening to the dollop uh this is gareth yes this same guy i listen i have a new podcast called we're here to help that i'm doing with my friend jake johnson it's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't but we try to help people with problems that are important to them you can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts and it is out right now so go listen to we're here to help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 